Video recordings of this podcast can be found on RaisingEquity.org and Raising Equity on YouTube. Hey folks, welcome to Raising Equity. I'm Dr. Kira Banks, and I want to talk with you a bit about where we are, not just where we are in terms of raising equity, but like where we are as a society. This this year and a half after George Floyd's murder has been so, so rich and full of questions and chaos. And with the pandemic, there's this push to like get back to normal and yet this pull to reimagine. And I see this as the broader ebb and flow of movement where like movement is always happening, right? But it's this push between status quo and reimagining, revisioning, transforming and changing. And I feel like this year has been, it's been on on 10, right? Or on 100, as they say, right? Like it's been so clear that there's this like tug of war happening. And so for me, what it has meant is it's it's pushed me to to lean into some of the consulting work that I've I've always done. I've always done a little bit of consulting on the side, but the the need and the desire not just to say something symbolic, but to do something meaningful. I've seen that heightened in this last year, and I've seen organizations, companies uh, invest not just time but also money and resources at a level that that I haven't seen before. Uh, after George Floyd's murder in 2014, I mean, we absolutely saw an increase in people's interest in trying to understand the series of uprisings. So there was the Ferguson uprising, and then there were uprising cities all over the country. Uh, and then there was kind of a, whew, we made it through that, right? But this last year and some months has, I've, I've seen organizations say, okay, we realize that just talking about it and saying something symbolic is not only not enough, but it's offensive. What do we do? And so they've been digging their their hands in the ground in a sense and like digging deep to figure out how they how they do things differently. So I've been doing consulting in kind of Hollywood, entertainment industry industry spaces, uh, Broadway spaces, some financial and land development spaces, really interesting organizations that are saying, we realize that we have the potential to have great impact and we are no longer going to settle for the status quo. And that's exciting. And I actually see that as a metaphor. It's happening on all these different layers for what I see happening in our society, right? That there, there's conversations, whether it's about housing injustice or landlord tenant laws or healthcare equity. Uh, there's so many conversations around racism, of course, and economic justice. And people are saying, the way that things were wasn't working. And so why do we wanna fight to get back to the way things are, uh, way things were? Let's let's create something new. Why are we so stuck on, on recreating and getting back to the way things were pre-COVID? Let's take this as an opportunity and learn. Early COVID, we heard so much conversation about pivoting, so much that people were like <laughs> wanting to not hear the word again, right? But I do think that it is a real opportunity to pivot, not just pivot to work from home and pivot because we are trying to flatten the curve, but literally like pivot how we do what we do. 
And this space and time has, has opened up a mainstream conversation about what that looks like. Because let's be clear, like movement time has been happening in ebbs and flows throughout time. And yet I feel like we're in the midst of something. And I've been thinking about like, why? Why does it feel like we're in the midst of something? I think partly is uh, partly it's because with Twitter, with Facebook, with Instagram, YouTube, just the way that social media and the way that everyone has access to, to transmit. I mean, that's how we know about George Floyd's murder, right? Like we all have the power to broadcast and there's, there's pros and cons to that, right? But I think that's one of the reasons why we're seeing movement space take center stage and have a broader conversation about what movement is. Um, I was watching Eyes on the Prize, the Hallowed Ground uh, documentary, and uh, Tarana Burke talked about how really movement time never ends, right? That, it, that it, it, it's always happening. And yet we often think about like movement time of the 60s. And I think there's like some maybe comfort in people trying to just think about, oh, movement time of the 60s was discreet. And then now we might say, oh, there's movement time happening now and that's discreet. But even that I think is an is in an effort to like keep things the status quo. Like, oh, there's times when things get shaken up and there are times when we get things back under control. And I want to push us to realize that, yes, Jennifer Richardson actually wrote a great Atlantic piece about how uh, the, the move, there are times where the doors like push wide open in terms of of forward movement and progress. And then there typically is a time of backlash that comes after that tries to push those doors closed. There's that ebb and flow. And that that pushing for freedom, for equity has is consistent and has been ongoing. And so we we shouldn't just think of it as a discrete time. We shouldn't let that narrative drive us. And we should learn from the opportunities and these times when the doors have been pushed wide open. And I think we are in one of those spaces in one of those places. So like, what can we learn from each other? What can we, what can we share with each other so that we can build anew that we don't want to only be talking about how we dismantle, how we just, how we dismantle and, and take apart systems of oppression, but we also want to be visioning for what can be and, and what we can build. Uh, two things before I lose my, my, my thought on this is I was reading about, um, just thinking about this idea of like movement time being being ongoing. And so we think about movement time of the 60s, right? That's what we're taught about, eyes on the prize, right? Beautiful documentary. But we often don't realize that much of what we saw, like that was manifest, started decades before. And so it just reminds us that like things might bubble up to the mainstream surface, but the, the work is happening, right? So A. Philip Randolph was one of the organizers of the Pullman Porters, did a lot of work uh, before he was on the scene in the civil rights movement and actually pushed for a march on Washington in early 40s in response to uh, the segregation in the service industry, in the, um, in the military industry. And so he did the work with the Pullman Porters. He was pushing for this march on Washington. He was really pivotal in desegregating our troops and a lot of organization background. Um, and so he had all of this experience. And so we, we hear about the March on Washington, right, that happened during the 60s. But really, a lot of that 
groundwork was laid in his work in the 40s or even in the teens when he was before he was organizing the Pullman Porters. And I was thinking about like Ida B. Wells work around lynching and that work in the late 1800s and early 1900s. And it, it, it's made me just stop to say to myself and I'm sharing with you, right, that movement work has always been ongoing and that that ongoing perpetual nature of it allows us, if we're in the work, to when those opportunities arise, to to bust the doors wide open, to create these opportunities for real drastic change, that we're ready, that we're ready. And so I want to make sure that we're taking this time when we are in a broader mainstream conversation about equity to learn all that we can from each other and also make sure that when the opportunities arise in each one of our spheres of influence to push those doors open, that we're ready. And so all of that to say, one of the things that we're gonna do differently this season is we're going to take some time or I'm gonna take some time to share with you some diversity downloads. I'm gonna slow myself down at the end of many days and just share with you some tidbits, some lessons learned, that I've learned, that I've seen my my clients learn, that I've worked with, um, that have helped them shift from just talking the talk to walking the walk, that have that's helped them take their desire for change to actual behavior change. Uh, and so the the idea that we might have ideals and values and visions, but what does that look like? How do we how do we manifest it? What is that what does that look like in terms of behavior? How do we translate that? How do we implement it? Those questions I'm hearing over and over and over again. And as I sit with different clients, I'm seeing examples of of how it can be done. And I want to share some of that with you. Of course, maintaining confidentiality and protecting people, but I want to to do these downloads in a sense so that we can learn from each other, learn with each other. So we'll still do some of the long form interviews. If that's part of what you loved about Raising Equity, please do let us know if there's someone you want us to interview and chat with. Uh, but just given the way that COVID's going, I think that it's uh, it's often, we can do Zoom interviews, but it's it's not as as frequent that we're able to sit down with people, right? Uh, and in, this, in the spirit of Raising Equity, this is really about how Raising Equity has often talked about what it means to be adults in the lives of children to help them understand the world around them. But it's really about raising all of us, for all of us to be people that can be the change that we want to see in the world. I'm still raising myself to understand and to learn and to see the connections between different movements, to understand that that we are we are making progress and we still have work to do, right? If we think about like the way in which so many movements today in this moment are led by black trans folks. And yet that was in our history and that was true historically, but we 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 made a effort to to hide that to make people invisible and so one of the lessons i i feel like we are learning we are not perfect at it is that we are honoring people in their complexity and not requiring people to to hide parts of who they are to cover parts of who they are to compartmentalize and so i want to be clear that raising equity is about how we intentionally and with rigor and discipline, learn, relearn, vision, dream to be able to transform the systems around us 
to be more equitable for everyone, for everyone. And so in that, in that light, I want to share with you that, yeah, I'm going to be doing these diversity downloads and, and I'm going to be also doing some collaborations with other podcasts that have similar values. And so you'll see some of those collaborations happen, come through your feed. Uh, Hopefully you'll give them a listen and give the other podcasts a listen and the work will continue uh, in the sense that that in my sphere of influence, I want to continue to try to share. Uh, I'm a teacher at heart, and that's something that I've learned to own, especially in this last year. I've been teaching for now over 15, 16 years, but uh, 17 years. But I am I've, I'm owning it anew this this past year and a half that that I am good at teaching and conveying information. And so why not use that? I want to use that to try to make things that feel complex and controversial accessible and things that we're willing to grapple with with each other. Please do be in touch. I'm on social media, Twitter, Kira Banks, Instagram and Facebook, Dr. Kira Banks. Uh, I hope you join us this season on Raising Equity because we are we, we are wanting to be in, in connection and collaboration, even though COVID's still keeping us somewhat, somewhat socially distanced. So take care of yourselves and thanks for joining me on Raising Equity. Mm-hmm.